Welcome to What a Wonderful World. It's a podcast. It's kind of a short one, though. There's no guests. If you have 15, 16 minutes on a commute or in between the babies screaming or you're on your smoke break, I don't know why you're still smoking. Come on. But thanks so much for tuning in. 2021, man. Uh, It's probably one of the worst years in the grand scheme of things, but for me personally, um, one of the better years of my life. Uh, The guitar pedal business, Wonder Effects, did very well, and that makes me really happy and feel fulfilled. And I had a little baby girl named Ellie at the beginning of this year, And she turns one on January 2nd. So she made this year pretty amazing. Happy birthday, Ellie. But yeah, I hope uh, 2022 is a little bit better for the world. I I don't see that happening. Just watch that, was it Don't Look Up, that Leonardo DiCaprio Comet movie on Netflix, which kind of just felt like a idiocracy if it came out in 2021. So very funny, a nice satire. I like the characters a lot, but it felt a little too real. Too many parallels. Uh, So yeah, this episode, it might cheer you up, but I also wanted to warn you, this is about a band called King 810, uh, a metal band from Flint, Michigan. I grew up in the music scene with some of the guys, but uh, the warning is that their music is very violent. The lyrics are very much about guns and murder and Flint, Michigan. Not not the good things about Flint, Michigan either. Um, Very polarizing band. Uh, Their singer, David, was spotted at the Capitol protests slash riots in photographs, not inside. And I don't know much more about that. I can't really speak on that, but the boys were in the news quite a few years ago. Uh, Gene and David were arrested for, I think the charge was attempted murder, which was kind of a gnarly headline to see. But really it was just a fight that got out of hand and they were let off. They did nothing wrong. They were defending a friend of theirs. Um, yeah, lots of shit. So if you don't want to hear stories about bringing a knife to a syringe fight, maybe this isn't the episode for you, but some of these little snippets are some of the most entertaining tales that I've been a part of in my music career. And I will say that King 810 are some of the kindest and most accepting individuals that I've ever been on the road with, which I don't think anybody would expect me to say that. They are complete pieces of shit, but 
I really love them. So I'll start this. Uh, in 2015, my band The Swellers was invited to play the Soundwave Festival in Australia. A lot of bands. Uh, Fall Out Boy, Smashing Pumpkins, Slipknot, a ton, ton of bands. And King 810 was on the bill. And we were pretty stoked, you know, hometown buddies. Uh, my band was pretty much based in Flint, Michigan. It's where we played our first show, and we considered that our hometown as far as shows go. We lived in the suburbs for a while. My brother and I lived in the city of Flint for a few years. But, you know, we came from a different world than the King guys. And I think that's pretty obvious. But we were like, I, mean, I don't know, is King going to want to hang out with us? Are we, you know, are we not cool enough? You know, or can we hang? I just, it had been a long time. I just didn't know where we stood. And we were welcomed to the King 810 crew with open arms. Uh, their whole band was there. Plus they had, I think, three or four friends slash crew members from that point on they were kind of the number one band we hung out with especially me um i like to kind of stay back at the hotel not do the touristy stuff i was tired and david would also stay back so we got a lot of quality time in but i guess i should start the story in 2002 the Swellers, we played our first show ever in Flint, and Eugene was there. And Gene is the bass player of King, and we became fast friends. I saw his band play. They were called Offing Ingus a couple months later. And the rest of the guys were in other bands. Uh, there was a band called Arms Of. I actually recorded kind of their earlier demos in my basement in my parents' basement, and they helped run the shows in Flint at the local venue called the Flint Local 432. And then we kind of went our separate ways. Um, my band started touring pretty much full-time, and from what I understood, some of the King guys were getting in a lot of trouble. And, I mean, there's a ton of controversy with that band, including throwing deer carcasses into a crowd and kicking over monitors and getting the whole thing shut down. Uh, just their fans destroying venues. And this was before they even got signed to a big label. This was kind of just like what they did as a local band. And uh, years and years and years later, we find ourselves on our final stretch of tours while King 810 is kind of beginning their touring career in 2015. So yeah, a couple things that I saw um, and overheard. We had some outdoor tents, and I know at some point human feces was being smeared on the walls of King's kind of little outdoor green room tent area. And some kind of fight broke out, which I think it was like a friendly fight, but uh, security was called. Everything ended up being okay. But I mean, right off the bat, just human shit being smeared on a wall and the band fighting each other, uh, very on brand. And meanwhile, you know, people are coming to meet King because they were kind of the hot new metal band at the moment. So Papa Roach would walk in and pretty much be like, oh, hey, cool, you're King, awesome. 
and immediately the guys in King would introduce us to whoever was meeting them as well, saying, these guys are the Swellers, they're Flint, Michigan too, which made us feel really awesome. But also I think maybe people got uh, the wrong impression, you know, thinking maybe we were from the same uh, side of the tracks as them, but it was just nice to be included, I guess. At one point before one of their sets, I pretty much stood on stage and watched all of their shows. I think we did six or seven shows in Australia. And there was probably two to 3,000 people waiting to watch them play. And one of their crew members was kind of just shaking and looking uncomfortable. And he came up to me and he said, I've drank a gallon of water and I haven't pissed in two hours. And I was like, okay, dude, you got some time before the set. You need to uh, go pee and then come back. And he was like, nah, man, I'm going to pee on stage while they play. And I just kind of nodded and I said, of course you are. That's, I wouldn't expect anything less. So the band's playing and they're about halfway through their set. And I'm like, okay, this kid's not going to actually pee on stage. And as I'm thinking that, he walks to the front of the stage and he's wearing a bandana over his face, but he's staring at some kid in the front row and just starts pissing down his pant legs just all over the place. And I mean, this is like a solid 50 to 60 second long piss. And maybe 20 people in the front know what's even happening. You can't really tell. He's pretty much doing this for himself. And the band carries on like this is nothing out of the ordinary. But then another one of their crew members runs out from behind the amps up to the kid peeing and bends down and starts lapping up the kid's urine into his mouth using his hands to just kind of cover his face in this kid's pee. Things started to get real weird. On an off day, uh, I went to go eat with the King guys. I don't even know where my band was, to be honest. And everybody caught an Uber from the hotel in Adelaide, Australia. And David and I were kind of left behind and we were like, we're going to grab our own Uber. We'll see you in a minute. So he called for an Uber and it was running late. And the Uber driver ended up sending him a message saying, hey, the city is in gridlock. I'm going to be a little bit late. And I just watched David type, no, it isn't. As if he just somehow knew that the entire city was not in gridlock from the lobby of this hotel. And I was just like, what the hell is going on? It was like the most aggressive response I could ever think of. And I said, hey, let's figure out how far away this restaurant is. Maybe we can walk. And yeah, the restaurant was 0.3 miles away. So we ended up walking. So we had a nice Japanese dinner. And then all the guys wanted chocolate. And for a bunch of Flint kids with the reputation that they had to be telling their tour manager, we really, really want some chocolate right now. It was uh, quite the sight to see. And it was just 
a very endearing moment. So the tour manager looked up a place that was nearby, like an actual chocolatier, very fancy stuff. And we head there, and one of their guys is talking about how he needs to, I think he said, kill a guy in Flint next time he sees him because he pulled a knife on this guy, and then that guy pulled a syringe on him, and basically the fight was over because you don't bring a knife to a syringe fight. And I've never heard anything like that in my life. And as this conversation was kind of escalating and getting louder and more intense, David just shut it all down and he said, Hey man, listen, you can't talk like that. We're at a really, really nice chocolatier. We're in Australia. Let's just settle down and enjoy this. Toward the end of the trip, uh, members of my band got on a shuttle bus with members of the band Mayhem, which might be the most famous black metal band in history with a very, very intense past involving murder and suicide. And So I'm sitting next to their bass player and just talking about metal, which was very cool. Really awesome little bucket list experience, I guess. I guess. And I mentioned King. I mentioned King 810, and I talk about Flint, Michigan, and just kind of the things they've seen and, you know, the things they've done, and that it's all real. Uh, It's not just for the glamour and the shock value. Uh, It's just who they are. And Mayhem's bassist, uh, his name is Necro Butcher, by the way, he looked at me and said, Do you know our story as if I wasn't trying to find every single article about mayhem that I could when I was in high school just a wild moment so uh as I wrap this up just wanted to say um I do not condone most of the behavior in these stories um I do find it very disrespectful uh unsanitary I am not for violence or weapons yet. So I just wanted to tell these stories because it's pretty interesting to have such a unique perspective on one of the most violent and controversial bands around. And the guys have told me in the past, like, tell these stories, who cares, you know? It's all real. We did it. But if you want to check out King 810, those first two records are hugely crushing as far as uh heavy metal music i think that they're super unique and very talented but yeah maybe don't try any of that shit at home all right that does it thanks so much for tuning in make sure you subscribe to this thing make sure you get all the updates leave a review if you want that'd be cool This was kind of an intense one. I don't know if I'll ever get this intense again, but hopefully I don't get in trouble. I'm going to play a Fuzzhausen right now. A Wonder Effects Fuzzhausen. It is the first and only signature model fuzz pedal for a professional wrestler. Danhausen. I'm going to play my SG Custom through the Princeton 
Later.